Welcome to Nourish by Spinnies, the podcast which promises to inspire you to eat well and to live well. I'm Devina Devecha. And I'm Tiffany Eslick. Welcome to a space where we hope to nourish your heart and soul. On this show, we chat with leading players in the food community, from farmers to foodies, as well as health and well-being experts. It's all about engaging conversations and fresh ideas. I'm excited to be chatting today with Chef Daniel Baloud. So what was he like in person? Oh, he was really nice. Uh, we were grabbing something to eat in the business lounge and he came to chat with us for a bit in his very white chef jacket and equally white sneakers. You know, there was a time a decade or so ago when we saw so many, let's call them international chefs, who opened variations of their award-winning or Michelin-star restaurants in Dubai. And, you know, some of those worked. Chef Vinit's Indigo always comes to mind, while others didn't quite take off. Um, so it's interesting that he seems to have waited and only opened Brasserie Belud in 2020. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but he did share that he was considering opening a restaurant in Dubai in the early 2000s. Uh, but the global financial crisis and then other openings across the world just took that off his plate. Oh, interesting. Yeah, but he's been very happy with the response to the Brasserie since they opened. And it has also earned a spot in the first Michelin Bib Gourmand in Dubai, which noted its interiors and menu as classics. And you were able to enjoy a meal there as well. Tell me about that. Actually, why don't we reserve that for after the interview? Hello, Chef Daniel. How are you? Hello. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, no, thank you for podcast. being here. No, I appreciate it. You know, it's great to have you back in Dubai, um, yes. you know, to visit your restaurant and also see, I guess, what's happening in the city. Mm. So what do you think about the dining scene over here in Dubai or even like the wider um, region? You know, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, of course, we always hear uh, from the big cities what's happening yeah. everywhere. And I think Dubai is really... Uh, um, resonating quite far now and especially since Michelin came uh, to the city and also uh, Goemio is here so I think it it, it brings recognition to many uh, restaurants and uh, talent here and uh, of course uh, there's the local scene also the local restaurant I mean while I was here I wanted to go to a sort of a local restaurant. Yes. I went to Alcana. Oh, yeah. Alcana, which is maybe not uh, Emirati food, but it's Middle Eastern mm -hmm. food. And so that was pleasant. That was very good. Far away from the uh, crazy scene of yeah. some restaurants. Yeah. The bright, shiny lights. This is yeah, more new, casual. No DJ. Yeah. No. <laughs> No loud music, yeah. uh, but um, delicious food. I yeah. mean, you know, I love lamb neck, that fall of the bones, yes. and uh, beautifully balanced with spice and and all that. So for There's me, that kind of melted yeah. food, uh, almost like homey and soulful, uh, that's what I love. Oh, no, that's so nice to hear because there's mm. obviously a lot of that over here in this market yeah. as well. Oh, absolutely. I wanted to do the souk oh, and yeah? see if they had also a food stand there a lot. So I might try that this afternoon. We'll see. I'm glad you mentioned the awards as well because, you know, they uh, announced the world's 50 best list yes. for Mina. Mm -hmm. And again, there's a lot of restaurants, um, you know, that have been awarded across the Middle East region as absolutely. a whole, but also in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Um, and I think for me, um, and I'd like to ask you about this, what was really nice to see a lot of homegrown restaurants make yeah. it on, on that list. Of um, course. 
Have you tried any of those or do I've, you want to? I didn't have a chance to try, but I know that uh, there is incredible talent here in this town, you know, that uh, represent, I think, Dubai very well in terms of creativity, in terms of uh, ethnicity and uh, and quality, of course. Yeah. And I think, you know, you've been here and you've also attended the Taste uh, Festival as mm -hmm. well. You know, do you think things like this, you know, why are they important for the dining community or the dining scene here? Well, I mean, the Taste of Dubai, I think it's a wonderful event. It's uh, it's big, it's crowded, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's popular, but at the same time, it showed the, uh, the vitality around food and around how much people care to sort of have fun around food yeah. and i think the festival is based on that yeah it's not about trying to show off uh, a tour de force in culinary execution but more uh i think uh bring, having the opportunity to bring um a casual offering yeah. uh to the festival but uh also i think brasserie boulou here it's also meant to be uh sort of a casual place yeah. um it's a brasserie and uh, uh of course in new york we have different level of restaurants and um our michelin star in new york uh daniel and uh also the pavillon yeah. are uh, very different than the brasserie boulou here but we are very proud to have a, a mention of bib gourmand at Brasserie yes. Boulou at the Sofitel because I think that's um, a recognition for the approach to what we want to do here and the quality we have in the yeah. execution. I, I want to dial it back a little bit, you know, talking about this restaurant here in the hotel. Um, what was it that interested you, I think, to even come over here to Dubai and open <laughs> your concept? I almost opened something 12 years ago. Oh, right. Okay. Or more, 14 years ago. Okay. <laughs> I came with my first visit in Dubai yeah. and we looked at doing uh, something and then uh, there was a real sort of meltdown a little bit uh, economically yes. <laughs> and so we kind of postponed and then got busy doing mm -hmm. other things in life and yeah. and uh, opened in Singapore instead at the time and uh, didn't get a chance to uh, come back to Dubai right away but uh, we have you know Sofitel is a French company and uh, we have great relation with uh, Accor and Sofitel so when they did the obelisk uh, Sofitel here with the raffle group, uh, we felt that was, uh, they approach us and say, you know, we would love for you to take over the restaurant there yeah. as doing a, sort of a French brasserie that fit with a, with a type of hotel here. Yeah. No, we're glad you're here, mm -hmm. of course. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, you mentioned a little bit about how it's so important to be kind of approachable and casual as well, um, you know, in mm -hmm. the brasserie. And I just wanted to ask, like, with French cuisine, how have you seen it? change in you know the years since you became a chef and evolve <laughs> french cuisine has always been in motion there is not a revolution in french cuisine but there is a constant evolution yeah. and i think uh, some country have a revolution in their cuisine because it really go from the most uh, sort of classic and and and, and creative yeah. to very creative and very um, sort of avant-garde yeah. almost. As long as I've been a chef, I've always been fascinated by the evolution of French cuisine. I think French cuisine 
adapt itself to yes. anywhere. And we try to find the local ingredient. We try to look at a certain seasonality, but mm -hmm. you know, Dubai has maybe less seasonality than Paris for sure. Yeah. Uh, but at least uh, there is also the source of the ingredient, yes. the quality of the ingredient, the, the, the traditional technique, and then the interpretation of that, and the creativity and the evolution within. Uh, so I would say that the array of French cuisine is very wide and very deep right now. And uh, I think Dubai has a lot of representation of that. Yes, indeed it does, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. And and where do you kind of I, I know you said you know it's constantly evolving which is you know amazing where what trend do you see or where do you see it go from here what's next for French cuisine Oh I think French cuisine is not a trendy cuisine uh it was just like the Italian cuisine Yeah it's not trendy but everybody love it Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Being a trendy cuisine it's uh it mean that It, it fit the time, but okay, would it yeah. last the time? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, I think uh, I never felt that French cuisine was trendy, but French cuisine is adaptable. Yes. And I think uh, it's affordable when it comes to what it is for the quality of what it is. And, and also it can be very soulful or it can be, uh, you know, we have a lot of region in France that define a lot of style of of uh, preparation yeah. and and cuisine. And I think that's a great source of inspiration. And today, I mean, you see in Paris, there's Japanese chef who cook French, there's French chef who cook Japanese, and there is this fusion of, of uh, talent and cuisine that go together. Yeah. I mean, in New York, I have uh, seven restaurants and I think seven of them give a different offering of French cuisine. Yeah. One is more of a wine bar and bistro. The other one is all on Mediterranean cuisine. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of Middle Eastern flavor at Boulou Sud mm. and, and, and uh, at Barboulou, it's more of a Lyonnais yes. wine bar with Burgundy, Rhone and all that region, that yeah. rich region. And then Le Pavillon, for example, we opened Le Pavillon a year and a half ago and it's a 50% vegetarian, uh, no, I would say no, 50% seafood, okay, yeah. 40% vegetarian and 10% meat on the menu. Nice, yeah. And that's the balance. And I've always cooked vegetarian. When I opened Cafe Boulou 25 years ago, I had an entire vegetarian menu on my uh, menu. There yeah. was a different menu. One of them was Le Voyage. Mm -hmm. And Le Voyage was all the cuisine except French cuisine. Right. And, and uh, Le Potager was vegetarian. La Saison was about the season Seasons, yeah. and La Tradition was about the classic French. Yeah. And this had always been my four muse mm. in as being a French chef in New York. I always adapted to aspiration that really talked to me. And we just opened a new restaurant, Joji, a Japanese omakase. Superb, 10 seats, exceptional. Uh, and... We, you know, I'm not doing the sushi, I'm not the chef, but we do work in collaboration. We manage that place and we uh, we have an exceptional chef for that. Yeah. And um, so there is a, a wide spectrum of what I love about yeah. French cuisine and I keep expressing myself through it. I have so many questions now. <laughs> <laughs> 
my questions right after the short break. Stay with us. We wanted to take a minute to tell you about our delicious Spinney's Food olive oil, which comes from the 120-year-old Basso family farms in Italy, which is now a fifth-generation business. Davina, if you remember my masterclass with Matthew Jones of Bread Ahead, this is the olive oil we use to make the focaccia. I remember that. It was delicious. Yes, and part of the reason for that is their use of the Arbequino olive grown in Italy. Here's Federico Basso. The Arbequino olive is usually used in blends because it's very sweet and it has that almond taste, which is very different from the typical strong Italian olive oils that we have. So we use it in blend in order to provide our customers with a product that is uh, as balanced as possible. So it's not too aggressive, but it's also not too plain. We want to find the perfect match in order to satisfy our clients, also in terms of uh, organolectic features of our products. Here's a fun fact. Federico's father, Sabino, eats extra virgin olive oil and bread every morning for breakfast, sometimes with a spoonful of sugar. And didn't you say that he's run many marathons? Clearly, that's the trick. We sourced their extra virgin olive oil, a truffle-infused evu, and a signature Mediterranean blended oil as well. So you should definitely grab a bottle of Spinney's Food olive oil the next time you're in store and tell us what you think. Welcome back. I'm Devina Devecha and you're listening to Nourish by Spinney's and my conversation with Chef Daniel Balloud. Is there a favorite part of um, France for you when it comes to the type of cuisine you enjoy? Because like you said, it's it's so different across uh, the different regions of the country. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite? Well, like we say in France, you do the Tour de France, yeah, right. which means then as a young chef, you travel through France and work in different regions. So I worked in Provence for quite a while and really love that cuisine and resonate with Mediterranean cuisine, of course. And uh, that's when I was inspired also to create Bouli Sud that really borrow all the the DNA of Provence, but also the coast of Spain yeah. and Italy and North Africa and even Eastern Mediterranean with Turkey and Lebanon and Greece, of course. Yeah. And so there's all this blend of flavor that live well together. And uh, I lived also in the southwest of France, the Pays Basque. And there, there was very different style of cuisine as well, where you had a combination of terre et mer, where you really felt like the ocean and the land blend well together yeah. into many different recipes. And also a little bit more spiciness, yes. a little bit more character that is unique to that region. And of course, I travel in every one of the region of France, from Burgundy to Alsace to Normandy to Brittany to uh, to the region of Bordeaux, or, uh, and and of course my region, uh, Lyon, yes, and the region of Lyon. And so all that is a source of inspiration. But you know, French cuisine is not; uh, it's made of many different type of cuisine, and there is the fine dining, gastronomic, mm -hmm. and that has amazing um, history as well. When you go back to Carême in the you know 1800, and you go back to the 1700 even, yeah. you, uh, as where they were chef of kings and tsar, and, yeah. and the source of, of uh, reading now and information about French cuisine is such uh, an incredible sort of treasure mm. that we keep 
feeding ourselves with. Yes. And um, I mean, for me, I, at least I love that. And sometimes, you know, you can read 20, 50 recipe that, you know, you enjoy reading it and one of them sparkle yeah. an idea and say, oh, that's cool. I like to do that again or reinvent that. Yeah. So is that kind of what inspires you when you're creating a dish or you're cooking kind of uh, inspiration? Well, there's one of these, one of that. Uh, ideas, but uh, I mean, what inspires me, I think, first and foremost, is ingredient, how to create combination of flavor and texture. But then after, making sure that uh, you know the seasoning is balanced, that yes. the food goes well with wine, and that's why you'll never find something very spicy mm. or something too acidic, or uh, because that will conflict with uh, enjoying a great wine with it. Yeah. But. Uh, no, the inspiration come also the seasons uh, in New York, in um, except Singapore and Dubai, and maybe Miami mm -hmm. or Bahamas, which is at least three or four places yeah. that the seasons are more challenging. I have also a restaurant in Palm yes. Beach. So those five are more into the tropics. Mm. <laughs> and so there we adapt a cuisine that also... Um, blend with some local ingredient and local lifestyle, I would yeah. say. And then uh, in New York, we have a much more, a bigger influence on the season. Yeah. So, of course, all that resonates with um, how you feel and what is coming into the season, the yeah. market. And things that are sometimes very short-lived, they only, we have them only for a month. Or so like, how have you adapted then that to the restaurant you have here in Dubai, for example. Um, are there any examples of kind of marrying it with local ingredients? Yeah, um, I mean, we have a lot of local seafood here and vegetable yes. that we are able to uh, source. And of course, we supplement that like every other restaurant with uh, what the European market bring here, yeah. what the maybe Australian market yeah. bring here, and what the Asian market bring here. And also, I mean, the Middle Eastern market, all this sort of food market, food yeah. supply together help us decide yeah. uh, what we like to do. You've mentioned uh, ingredients a few times, which is, you know, great to hear. And I kind of want to move into a I suppose a sort of related topic around uh -huh. sustainability. You know, what does that mean for you in in F and B, and how do you practice? You know, your idea of sustainability in your restaurants across I mean, the world. I mean, it's it's. I I grew up on the farm. Yeah, I was a farm boy. My parents had a a very active farm where we were doing our own cheese. We were raising oh, our nice. own goat, chickens. Yeah, uh, we had cows. We had the. Uh, uh, duck and um, I mean you can't imagine how much things was happening yeah. uh, and my father was doing farmer's market yeah. every every Saturday oh nice and you really understand you, you live on sustainability because yeah. that's the only way you can make a farm function yeah. it's all on sustainability and does it always translate to what I do and the, the, the profession I choose no, but it does a lot. It, 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 there's a lot of things that resonate with how I grew up and yeah. how I care about things yeah. and how I feel responsible about things. Yeah. Uh, we are all very, very engaged uh, in New York, for example, which is a city like Dubai mm. who need people responsible yeah. to help uh, 
you know, have a better understanding and a better uh, a better action toward sustainability. And um, in New York, we it's incredible now the amount of local farmers, of local uh, fishermen, farmers, and growers that uh, are able to supply us. We take a lot of pride at supporting them, yeah. even if it's more expensive sometimes. Mm. But it's, I think, part of our responsibility. And, of course, um, water, for example, we use system to filter and re- um, we have a company called Nordac, mm -hmm. so we really use the local water and it is revitalized in a way that um, it is as good as the source water. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you cook with olive oil and you live in New York, there's no olive tree there. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. you got to bring your olive oil. Yeah, no, <laughs> Here, that's true. It's easier to get local <laughs> yeah. or at least sourcing the within region. the radius. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's and I true. think the, the important is how responsible you are with your radius. And what is what is a good radius? I mean, of course, if you live in the middle of the desert, you're gonna have to expand that radius. If you live in a in a place that already had a lot locally, I think it helped. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think one of the I guess conversations around this is also related to people. Um, mm. You know, you've had uh, an amazing career and. So many people have, you know, come through your restaurants. Uh, can you just share a little bit about your thoughts on, I guess, training the next generation of, of chefs? How's that going? <laughs> well, I, uh, I've always been concerned about training. I have trained thousands of chefs. Actually, yesterday, again, a young chef came to see me. Yeah. He just became the chef at Eston um, Blumenthal. A uh, new restaurant yeah, here, and yeah. he used to work for me ten years ago oh. or twelve years ago, <laughs> and it was a nice surprise to see him. Yeah. Um, this year, Dan restaurant Daniel is celebrating thirty years anniversary. For me, this is the constant passion yeah. and energy that I pull out of the business. Is that there is always this youth and this young chef that are coming and want to learn and are yeah. passionate and care and want to understand discipline and want to understand um, the craft in a way that's going to shape their life. Yeah. And we are very good at that. I wrote a book called Letter to a Young Chef and that's, I think, easy to get on Amazon. And this book is about me sitting down with a young chef that is choosing this profession and all the good advice I can give him and all the, and I also asked 10 famous chefs, yeah. friends, okay. to give me a letter on subject like discipline, like creativity, okay. like uh, uh, passion and, and all the things that resonate with being a chef, cooking, and why you choose that profession. Oh, I'm definitely going to check that out. That yeah, actually no, sounds I, amazing. I may, I may have some books here. I don't know. Beside, beside that, I have a, a foundation with uh, Thomas Keller mm -hmm. and Jérôme Bocuse. And we have created a foundation called Mentor BKB for Bocuse, Keller, Bolu, yeah. or vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever order you want to go in. Yeah. <laughs> but the um, foundation is also with a lot of American chefs uh, in the committee. And we raise money 
to be able to help young chefs. Nice. To help young chefs to have grants yeah. and travel the world and keep learning from yeah. other chefs. Yeah. So they can take three months off and travel and visit other chefs. And we have given hundreds of grants like that over yeah. the years. Okay. And we continue to be very invested also in education in uh, New York. And uh, in New York, but in the US, I would say, in general. Yeah. And uh, we support also the American team to the Bocuse d'Or, which we went to Lyon this uh, January. Yeah. And so there is a lot of initiative like that. Yeah. And uh, of course, we go and visit the cooking school and uh, and encourage the student. And we have a lot of intern also who come. And right now we have kids coming from all over the world and there's some wonderful cooking school here yeah, as there well. Are. Yeah. I met a lot of them from the ECCA. Yeah, no, it's it's really great to see. And you know, mm -hmm. over the last few years, like you say, the schools have come up here and you know, I've been in a few times to to that school. Yeah. Um and it's it's just amazing to see like so many people wanting to learn and wanting to do more. Oh, for yes. sure. Yeah. Um I also wanted to ask, I guess, what are you working on now? Uh what's keeping you busy? Anything well, new in this <laughs> market? <laughs> There's always new project. I mean, we have a we are building a restaurant in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. We are uh, opening a a lounge, an ultra lounge in New York. Nice. Uh, it's you can imagine is for example this entire floor. Yeah. But on the 55th floor of nice. uh, one Vanderbilt, the restaurant where Le Pavillon is. Lovely. Yeah. There's going to be an incredible uh, lounge in the middle of New York City. We are also opening. A new cafe on a, in a fine store uh, there, but very high-end um, cafe. And uh, of course, I'm, I want to still find time to write a new book. Yeah, okay. I uh, want to have time to share that with my family as well. I have young kids. Yeah. And also um, working on a market in two years from now. We're opening a very large market. Uh, so it's more... Um, counters uh counter oh, nice. food you know yeah yeah, yeah. uh would that be in new york a lot or? of different counters and shopping and yeah. all that yeah in new york okay, on 23rd yeah. and medicine nice and uh maybe uh, and then the steakhouse in two and a half years so there's a few You're projects. Busy. <laughs> there's, there's already at least six projects in line for the next few years so that's going to keep us busy. It will. Um, I'd like to ask you a question that we ask all our podcast guests. Um, what is it that nourishes your soul? I think it's my team. But first, it's my family. <laughs> it's my family uh, because that's my secret garden. Yes. <laughs> and uh, that's where I um, spend, you know, I live right above the restaurant. So I'm okay. very... <laughs> I'm homework, yeah. homework. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, my team um, is uh, very important for me and what we achieve together and what we do. Uh, it don't matter if it's uh, Chef Nicolas here in Dubai and the team here or if it's in New York or in Toronto or Singapore, but also uh, customer. Customers are incredible. Uh, they are very loyal. They are very... and. They travel also and they support me, but yeah. they also, what I love the most, I think, is the fact that they they adopt members, staff members. It's not just me. It's about yeah. the people that work for me and what they do for them. And I think that's a very, uh, a big compliment. 
But when nourish my soul the most often is when I go back home in Lyon and I'm with my parents and we cook together and we have I have my whole family around and all that. That for me is of course. And then, you know, when I travel, yeah. travel is very, very nourishing. Yeah. It's very uh meeting new people, discovering uh new taste and of course uh discovering um new uh, concept as well yeah brilliant well thank you so much for your time i'm excited to try your food in a few hours so thank you thank you but look forward to cook for you in new york as well yes one day <laughs> very much thank you Thanks. thank you dubai That answer is fantastic um, and he sounds like someone who's pretty zen about everything i suppose if you have so many things that nourish your soul your soul is happy all the time so spill tell me about your dinner at brasserie balud Okay, so let's get into all the food that I had. It was amazing. It started off with a selection of these dainty and Moorish canapes and then salmon and truffle, which are, of course, favorites here in Dubai. The main was this pan-seared beef tenderloin with braised short rib, and it really was melt in your mouth. And, of course, because it's a French brasserie, I absolutely love the bread. I love that bread, too. And actually, I think you can judge a restaurant on bread and... Brasserie Balloud has the best baguettes in town. Yeah, and then just pairing that, the bread and the butter, it was perfection. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Nourish, which was brought to you by Spinneys and hosted by me, Davina Devecha and Tiffany Eslick. We're produced by Chirag Desai and artwork is by Michelle Clements and Jihan Youssef. You can follow Spinneys on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok for more and visit us at spinneys.com where you can shop for fresh produce and a variety of local and exclusive products. We'll be back in two weeks with our next episode. Talk to you then.